Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Tell me everything. Tell you everything. Tell me what's scary and then tell me what you've been up to. Well, let's just, uh, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Let's just start our show. Why don't we do that? Why don't we welcome everybody? I know you're welcome. still eating. You're still eating your That's pizza. That's okay. <laughs> Why am I it's, always eating? It's damn, not a burrito. Baby. It's because you put the <laughs> damn baby down and they don't let you eat all day. God, man. Selfish. <laughs> Anyway, welcome everybody to this episode of Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany, and I'm not eating a burrito. I'm eating pizza today. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be speak- talking about Bones, Season 1, Episode 21. The Soldier on the Grave. Soldier on this the Grave. This one is a doozy. Oh my god. I am concerned about this one honestly but we will do our very best yes i mean the last one was pretty dramatic and serious but what are you trying to do this one is like the other one is sad dramatic and serious this one is like whoa intense and it's about issues that i don't know a lot about i think okay um i don't know much about like the iraqi war um yeah that's the main thing or like generally like when we were watching the episode they talk about the national guard and mark's like i don't think that the national guard actually goes into battle Mm. but there are some members there's some characters in this episode where they're members of the national guard but they do go into battle um we will be talking about that we will talk about that a lot um I guess we should just get started with the gruesome beginning of this episode. <laughs> well, we could catch up too, but um, have we caught up enough? Do you feel like we don't need to invite people into our private conversation? We were just catching up. We can up still everyone. catch up a little bit more. Um, no, we'll catch up as we talk. It's no big deal. Okay, perfect. Well, do we want to invite people to write in? to us oh that's such a great idea hey everybody it's your idea (laughs) i know i had this great crazy idea to have like great uh, idea season one recap extravaganza and i just want all of our listeners every single one of you (laughs) to write in to our email at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com or you can message us directly on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at all our Squintcast accounts. Facebook at Squintcast at Bones Podcast and TikTok and Instagram is just Squintcast. Send us a message. And what we're looking for here, what I really am trying to get out of all of our lovely, wonderful listeners is some of your favorite moments from season one we're looking for favorite character moments favorite guest stars favorite comedic moments favorite dramatic moments uh favorite uh or not favorite but are you know your most like the goriest moment like the grossest thing that you thought was really disgusting (laughs) and you know if you have any questions we'll gladly answer them (laughs) that is very true about yeah. us personally about the show yes 
Yes. What definitely. I'll be eating on the next episode. Yes. What's what's <laughs> Brittany having for dinner? All those wonderful things. Oh, definitely. Boy. <laughs> so we want everybody to write in. Give us, you know, what you think so far of uh season one and all your favorite moments. Keeping in mind, keeping in mind that I haven't seen all of Bones. <laughs> I do know certain things happen. Don't worry. I'm not I'm haven't been living under a rock. <laughs> but uh yeah, just keeping in mind that I haven't seen the whole thing, but you know, throw us some favorite moments. Send send in your uh, emails or messages on the socials. That'd be super. Other than that, I'm really, I'm kind of excited about this recap thing because I have a few things I want to <laughs> talk about. <laughs> Same. There's also, uh, this is making me think back, like actually focus and think back about the characters and how they've developed over the season and how exactly. Hodgins is so wonderful and you love him now and oh my god you are so crazy <laughs> it's not true lies she's telling lies about never. me <laughs> never if i Hodgins. ever like if i ever like Hodgins, i don't know what i'll do like it'll be this tectonic shift if i ever liked him you will i know you will Okay, by what season? Bones. That's what I want to know. Unintended. Thank you. I know it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, should we talk about this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't you start us off? All right. Well, we start at the Arlington National Cemetery with Brennan and Booth walking into the scene. And they're talking about, well, they're having a little bit of a contentious conversation about war. Uh, Brennan is sort of, as usual, kind of pushing Booth's buttons. Um, but they're approaching a specific grave. So there's this area, if you can imagine, this massive cemetery. This area of the cemetery is blocked off. And there is a burnt skeleton laying, like, absolutely, that there's no piece of this that is not burnt uh, skeleton sitting on top of this grave. A few things to point out. Zach is already there. Mm-hmm. Um, they are being taken there by another agent who made note that there was no suicide note. Booth is convinced this is some sort of protester and he's disgusted that someone would protest um, just days before, or I think tomorrow or the day after Uh there was supposed to be a tribute to Charlie Kent, whose grave the body, this body is being found on. So this marks the one year anniversary of his death. Booth is disgusted by this. He's like, why would anyone do this? And this okay. guy was in the National Guard. <laughs> and yeah, who Charlie Kent was. Yes, Charlie, Charlie Kent, Kent was the the one whose grave has been quote unquote yes. sort of desecrated by this person burning themselves apparently i don't know why anyone would Brent, think Boo would thinks do that. that yeah boo thinks that it was some sort of i don't know why he gets it in his head but he's convinced that this is some sort of protester um and brennan she gets down and she starts like rhyming off all these things about this body that uh this is an african a person of african descent approximately 20 to 29 years old but she can't determine the cause of death until she gets the 
body back to the lab and booth is such a smart ass he's like whoa not a pro but i'm gonna guess it it's fire that caused him to die oh my god booth is literally he's He's the the worst in this episode he's well (laughs) for most of it for most of it yes he does have a bit of a turn but he starts out guns a blazing just war rhetoric just spilling out of his mouth yeah he's a menace from the beginning and he's i just find it interesting because brennan has no time for his rhetoric at all and i find it really surprising because we have determined this woman's a republican and we've determined that she's a member of the nra so she seems um surprisingly neutral when it comes to this military piece yes i never really (laughs) consider that actually (laughs) <laughs> yeah she doesn't really have because your typical republican is very pro very pro um military troops blah, military blah, blah. that's the word yes yeah she she just doesn't seem to understand where booth is coming from like right off the bat like he is coming onto the scene hot-headed because he is just like this is a cemetery filled of people who lost their lives for the freedom of our country mm-hmm. and the fact that there is a crime scene here is absolutely disgusting yeah um like that should never have been the case and it just so happens that three mm. or four graves away mm. uh is the grave of someone that he actually served with that died in um he calls it the green zone whatever that is i guess the neutral zone or whatever mm. um so the fact that that grave is also there kind of like rub salt in the wounds i think for him a little bit because he's like this guy was right here (laughs) so close to this horrible thing that happened by this traitor by this protester um anyway i'm going on and on but they want this solved immediately basically they want they of want course to know the they idea do. of the person everybody yesterday. wants it wrapped up right away oh yeah as usual there's no time we have to clear this matter up immediately but yes. yeah i guess it says that um we're already having the situation where booth and brennan are, are kind of at loggerheads a little bit i'm i'm gonna say not so much brennan she's just navigating yeah. booth's sort of tumultuous triggering he's very triggered by all this stuff and it's bringing him to a place of true anger yeah and she's just trying to ride the wave and she's still being very assertive and strong in like her beliefs and stuff but anyway we'll we'll get into it for sure but she basically says that uh, i don't know if you mentioned this but the friend that he said was a few graves down that he was it kosovo I don't I know think where it was. Iraq, because his his grave said that he was part of the Iraqi freedom operation. Okay. So, God, this that was, was in the 90s then. Yeah. Well, 2003 is when he died, October 26, 2003. Oh, okay. I'm thinking Which, about the first Iraqi. Conflict, yeah. Way back This is Kuwait. like post 9 11, I guess. Okay. All right, all yeah. right, all right. But this actually, like, from what I understand from this episode, hmm. so, and, and these graves are, are close together, so it, it makes sense. 
but this episode would have aired sometime in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so his it's his grave is saying that this particular individual died October 2003. So th- these are pretty recent deaths. Yeah, I think the it's supposed to be like these deaths happened not too long ago, like within the last year or so from Tech- when the, yeah. the episode is. Definitely. Very, very close, like very soon, close to the time of the episode for sure. So it's sort of raw. Yeah, again, Booth is triggered. Everything's raw. He's just a ball of like tension and emotion and stuff through this whole, whole thing. So It, it is interesting you brought up that he's that she's trying to navigate him. But usually it's the other way around. Usually yeah. she's just doing her own thing and he's kind of like, okay. We're going to talk about this because I really noticed it, like how she reacted to him. His, his, uh, he was, a, he was irrational, you know, he was so irrational. Yeah. So it was just like, wow. Which is so uncommon for him. Well, no, he's a very passionate person. He is emotional, yes. but this was different. It was just so like, there's something this really hit anyway. home. This episode okay. is great, but go on. What happens next? It's great. There's a ton of things that happen, lots of character development, and we will keep talking about the next scene. <laughs> yeah. I think that was basically all for yeah. that scene. Um, other than she wants she basically Zach is kind of just there. And at the end, she's like, Okay, Zach, I want these pictures, like specific pictures, and then it pans away back to the the Jefferson, Jeffersonian, sorry where we're seeing some news report about this guy charlie kent uh they're assuming on the news that the person who died on his grave died by suicide uh and we're seeing him seeing charlie kent in action playing basketball and goodman says that he just used to love to watch him play right and apparently Zach knows a lot about basketball because he starts listing off some stats of his. Apparently, <laughs> Zach is a basketball guy. Who yeah. knew? Who knew? Not me. Didn't didn't read comic books. No, didn't Lo- read comic loves books. Basketball. But he knows basketball. <laughs> but to be fair, he did grow up in remember that Christmas episode? He said that he grew up in like a family of like a bajillion people. I bet you that's like a very American thing to like, well, maybe football would be more American. Yeah, but he's from Michigan. True. So I guess he'd be a Pistons fan. Anyway. What team did this guy play for? I don't even know. I think I he was notice. he wasn't in the NBA yet. He was being drafted. So Oh, okay. So these are like University NCAA. Pre NBA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Like Stanford or something. You gotta something really fancy. know your teams if you're gonna follow the yeah. NCAA. Yeah. But apparently, I just can't. Uh, Apparently Zach does that and so does Goodman. So that's cool. Well, okay. So Zach and Zach has this surprising thing that he's talking to Goodman about this surprise thing that he knows stats about basketball. Yeah. Not so surprising is Hodgins comments um, (laughs) saying that he's been waiting for three years for the media to stand up to tyrants, (laughs) which I'm, I assume is him the making presidency. a job at the government. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Goodman totally took the bait for that. He like kind of set, 
set him up to to make a comment like that anyway mm-hmm. but basically they're looking at this body goodman makes a point that he needs this i this body identified like yesterday again because he keeps mm. getting calls from the department of defense yeah and they they need this done they need they need a name they need someone to label a tyrant and that's it um booth is there yes, which i don't there. really understand why is he there uh that's a good question i guess he's on this case i don't know why why do you think he shouldn't be there it just seems odd like i guess he is there for a lot of the times that they're analyzing bodies but you would think that he would be doing more like fbi work at this point like trying to identify other things but i guess he can't do anything really until they've identified the they need to find out who this guy is yeah so booth gets there swipes his card comes onto the platform he's super aggro he's very upset then hodgins immediately starts baiting him baiting him with all his theories that big brother wants him to cover up this whole thing and then while this is happening uh booth's like you know shove your leftist bull crap up your nose like he doesn't want to hear his leftist theories And then while this is happening, Angela has been diligently working over on the computer trying For to once. put this information <laughs> together. And she yeah. discovers the idea of the victim is Devon Marshall. Mm-hmm. And then I found that Booth was like super impatient with everyone while they're trying to figure out what happened to the Devon Marshall and how he died. And they're using a lot of scientific language and they're trying to say this stuff. And he's like, why don't you just say it's an ear hole? And he's like, we're getting really impatient and totally crazy because they won't just use plain language. He's got, he has no patience for any of the stuff that they're doing right now. And he still thinks this victim, Devon Marshall killed him or I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. For like he sure. Un- unalived himself by setting himself <laughs> on fire. Unalived himself. <laughs> and then Brennan, she, after everything, um, what did they find out? What was the evidence? They that found out. She came to the conclusion, yeah. So they came to the conclusion that something was actually pushed through his skull, through his ear holes. Mm-hmm. Ear hole. Only one on one side. <laughs> um and that this was not um this is not a suicide that it was a murder and that he was murdered first placed on the grave and then set on fire set on fire oof which is insane you have to be very motivated to do it's bad enough to kill someone but then to also light them on fire that's like next level apparently you're putting something in their ear hole dragging their body to a gravesite yeah and setting them on fire that's huge okay. commitment like you said huge commitment also requires someone with reasonable strength we'll come back to that <laughs> big muscles big muscles we will discuss that later yes we will we will anyway then we have our intro one day i'll learn the song <laughs> Oh, man.
I feel like is the driving scene always one of the first scenes? Oh, here we go. <laughs> theories, theories abound. Like I want to look this abound. up for our for our. Uh, I want to look into this for our summary podcast, like our, our recap, recap podcast. Well, you write that down in your little notepad, and you yeah, look, you figure that down. out. How often do they take car rides? <laughs> At least once an episode. And yeah. off screen often because they're traveling for hours and hours. They're in the car the a lot. They're in the car yes. a lot. Totally. Oh, yeah. I'm writing this down. How many car scenes? I'm actually texting it to Mark because then he'll be like, what is this? And then it'll remind me. What? Done. <laughs> That's a weird relationship. <laughs> it is. I, what should I text, I text to Greg yesterday? right now? What can I text? I don't know. <laughs> be like, what is honey? The, what is the what? scientific name for ear holes? <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick skill testing question. Um, what are they doing now? They're in the car. Okay. What's happening? They're in the car. We're talking about this. Is where they get a little bit political. Brennan is worried about booth she's worried about his behavior um because she can tell that he's very angry about the situation um he doesn't even really want her to come with him she he doesn't understand why she's coming with him to begin with and she makes some comment about how she's trying to be more sociable (laughs) i thought that was hilarious anyway she just wants to keep him company um it's not just that it's like he they just she in the car she says that basically it turns out that Devin the victim was actually against the war like when he got home yeah. he became against the war and he thinks she thinks the body was planted there to make it look like he was protesting but it was something else yeah and this is when you like you said they got into this thing where Boo's like what are you even doing here and she's like I'm you know I'm are trying to be more sociable her? and he says you're a bad liar and then she's like okay fine I'm trying to watch you I'm worried about you I, you know, I think you're too close to this. You're not, you know, you're, you're overreacting and everything. And then he starts getting really upset with her saying he doesn't want a babysitter and all this stuff. Yeah. And then she says this really awesome thing, which is why this is where everything kind of started to shift a little bit where she said, just let me be your partner right now. Just let me be your partner. I thought that that was really sweet. I feel like she's playing his his typical role. Like the roles are s- sort of reversed. Definitely. Um, she's doing a pretty good job. <laughs> for their relationship has gotten a lot stronger. I think that this case would not have been solved had it been one of their first cases because <laughs> she would have been too hot headed to deal with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel bad. But the one thing, one takeaway from this scene beyond... What do you feel bad about? I feel bad for him because he's like so distraught by this whole situation. Yeah, it's rough. Like he can't separate himself from it. Nope. Um, but he does make a very good point, even though you, th- I would think that he should maybe not be on the case because he's a little too close to it. Mm-hmm. Um. He comes with the, up with this great idea that they're going to let the media continue to believe that they're that they think that it's a suicide. Um, yeah. So that whoever did kill him isn't alerted to the fact that they know that they're looking for a murderer. I'm glad you picked that up because I totally missed that line. 
Well, it was like right at the beginning of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought that that was kind of cool. This, this scene. Okay. Did you find that some of his face-to-face meetings could have been phone calls? <laughs> like this next scene? I feel horrible for saying that. But we end yeah, up back but- at the FBI office. Yeah. And there, this the, isn't an interrogation. He just called no, in the mother of Devon Marshall and his yeah. sister. Yeah. Why the sister had to come? Unsure. She seems old enough that she could babysit herself and stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but they seem very, very nice. We find sure. out a little bit more about Devon Marshall, about the fact, about the person who he was when he returned from the war. Right. Um, that like a lot of soldiers returning from war, he had pretty severe PTSD and felt that he needed to be with his sister at all times. Yeah. So he said that he wanted to keep her safe. Is the it was their whole whole thing. But she was saying that she felt like he was that she was watching him more than he was watching her. Yeah. Um. I thought that Brennan was actually quite good in this scene um she wants to know when she can get her son's body back and brennan very very lightly empathetically tells her we're gonna get you back his body soon we just want to make sure we have all the facts um and she seems to take that fairly well actually but i just thought that was pretty good way better than some of those first episodes where she's like your son was maimed. He was I know. burned to a crisp. Eat his bones. <laughs> like, no, oh. I appreciated her. She was very, yeah, hands off in a way. Like I liked her standing behind Booth. Yes. Observe, like making behind him. It's like, like she's like, okay, I'm supporting him in this moment. But also this story of, you know, Devin Marshall's sort of transition from being a military man and being proud of the work that he was doing over there in terms of helping people uh, get to polling stations and voting and, you know, being quote unquote free because, you know, his grandfather as an African-American didn't, wasn't able to vote. And he thought that was very symbolic and he was really, really pro-military until he came back and he had a change of heart. Yeah. Which I thought was I, I was worried at the beginning of this episode that it was going to be like, yeah, military, go, go, go. And then mm-hmm. it ended up being more balanced on some level, like sort of individualizing the soldiers. I appreciated that, like looking yeah. at them as humans. And Devin Marshall was definitely somebody that was suffering from PTSD and all these things, yeah. which is comes up in the next bit where Brennan doesn't understand why Devin spent so much time with his sister and Booth says, explains to her that he was probably drawn to something who was someone who was pure and innocent and something he could protect. Yeah. And then what were they talking? They were bringing something else up after that. Something about John Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. So there's supposed to be, I think this was meant to be a little bit of comic relief because we went to finding out that this guy was like a broken soul coming back from the war Mm -hmm. and we're going to meet another guy who was also on his team. Mm-hmm. I feel like team is not the right word on his <laughs> in their unit. It was part in of the, the unit. unit. That's the word yeah. part of his team <laughs> fighting with guns. Um, so 
this is a nice comic relief because we're about to meet another guy um that mm-hmm. he worked alongside um who clearly also suffers from ptsd because at this point they're in the va hospital so they're they're gonna go see a room full of veterans who are struggling um and this one guy in particular anyway this guy jimmy but mm-hmm. they have this yeah they have this weird little interaction i know nothing about they call the this person the duke Brittany. Oh i know it's so bad but it's really john wayne <laughs> apparently the duke is john wayne i'm yes, so sorry he is. the duke <laughs> is john wayne uh brennan does try to imitate him yeah um apparently it's bad i don't know what that is i didn't know that it was bad but it was more like jerry lewis apparently who i also don't know who that is oh my god (laughs) i laughed but i didn't know why i was laughing (laughs) well jerry lewis was famous for these ridiculous movies i can't even think of the names of them but he did a ton of them but i was gonna try to find um a john wayne kind of quote for you to listen to his what voice was she? if you don't already know it. Hmm? She said something about listen, cowboy. I'm going to tell you something, Flacca, and I want you to listen tight. It may sound like I'm talking about me, but I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. But it seems like you had up my life and I spent it all either stomping other men or in some cases getting stomped he sounds like that she did a good job i think she did a fine (laughs) job because jerry lewis he did you ever hear of like pbs um is it pbs he used to do like charity phone things he used to uh, jerry jerry lewis i bet you i do know who jerry lewis is i just don't know the name he's really annoying um So it was meant he's to be an not, insult, I guess. He's not. Yes, it's definitely meant to be an insult. Um, I'll have to look it up. Who cares about Jerry Lewis? But but John Wayne, he kind of talked like this. Listen here, cowboy. He'd always have this very. Dis- he had a very distinct cadence. Okay. But he was again of a certain era of Hollywood where you know you're talking like. 40s 50s maybe a little bit into the 60s not too much though because by then even he was a little too antiquated like too conservative very like very republican conservative views okay booth had a sick burn is what i'm told (laughs) and then we meet jimmy who does not look like he's holding it together very well uh it sounds like he's kind of been in and out of this um va hospital Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife is sitting right there. Yep. Um, she seems to talk for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a lot of hope for him, like saying, "Next time you talk to us, he'll be at home with me and the kids." Next time, like basically saying he's going to be home soon like everything's fine everything's going to be okay yeah and he does not feel that way at all he's he says back to her like i can't hold a job like yeah i how am i supposed to go home like how am i supposed to support my family 
I just, you feel when you meet this guy, you feel so bad for him. Yeah, he's not doing well. No, he's not doing well. He went and fought this war. He came back a completely different person, according to his wife. It makes sense. Um, Who knows? We're going to find out what happened when they were in Iraq. But yeah, um, Jimmy was very close with Devon. Um, We find out. Yeah. And he doesn't love the fact he doesn't love the fact that's not the right words he feels incredible like he feels even more sorrow for the fact that he that his friend is gone now because he also thinks that he committed suicide at this point he's also it look yeah so devon and jimmy are very tight apparently jimmy would like if devon ever called him he'd like drop everything and go to ditch his family (laughs) yeah rush to devon's side hey man brothers in arms what can you say that i mean they're always there he was always there for him and he's absolutely devastated by this but the issue we're having in this particular scenario is not just that jimmy's having a hard time and his wife has this false hope that she's he's gonna get better and all this is that booth is not asking hard copy questions he's not not at really all really pressing jimmy for too much right now and brendan's yeah. trying to get him to ask difficult questions because you know he's the last person probably to see devon like he needs to know like what's happening with devon so then they leave the va hospital and brendan is absolutely incensed gives booth the gears because he's like i said not being objective not asking the right yeah. questions and she's like you have to treat these people like suspects you have to put this stuff aside and be real about this and booth is doesn't think jimmy did it yeah and uh brennan's like how do you know how do you know and then you're just guessing and then booth goes oh you want me to guess your weight <laughs> she's like well <laughs> not, not if hilarious. you want to see not if you want to see next week basically like yeah she's gonna beat the crap out of like him if you try do to not guess how much you weighed Kelly taught me how to box. This is, <laughs> I'll beat the crap out of you. <laughs> so they're bickering in the hallway. Oh, like, yeah. Really mad at each other. And then like they're happens? still at the hospital, just very professionally bickering away. Um, and it's lucky that Jimmy happens to be a smoker, I guess. And apparently you can do that in the middle of the visitor's room in this hospital. Um, so he <laughs> lit up a cigarette. And somehow, I don't know how Brennan managed to do this, but somehow Brennan managed to grab the cigarette butt. Oh, Um, yeah. So even though Booth isn't thinking straight about this case, she was thinking straight enough to think this guy somehow, I don't know how she got the cigarette butt, but anyway, this guy finished his cigarette and she grabbed the cigarette butt, which was smoked down to like the filter. Oh my God. Anyway, um, so she grabs that. And is like, if there's enough DNA on the body, mm-hmm. we can see if this matches. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe he is a suspect. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. Who knows? Yeah, but, but... you got to do your due diligence, man. Exactly. So while they're bickering the hallway after Brennan reveals that she's lifted the cigarette butt, this guy <laughs> rolls up in a wheelchair. Oh, Hank. And Hank, this guy is named Hank, and he knows Booth from uh, them being in the... Um, I don't even know where they were together. Was it? I think they were in Kosovo together. We find that out later, though. Yes. Like they have a weird lunch together, and then they talk about Kosovo a little. Yeah. At this point, it's just like a run-in. This guy is in a wheelchair. He's just like bombing around. He does this cool trick at the end of the hall, (laughs) where he like spins his wheelchair. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. 
somehow so booth ended up in in the fbi so law enforcement and hank ended up as a a judge he's a judge so they're both in law enforcement Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool hank really wants to have lunch with him or sorry dinner with the family with him so i feel like there are little bits here and there that are meant to be not even comic relief just like relief from the heaviness of this episode yeah yeah so this is definitely one of them running into this guy from his past hank is like a breath of fresh air he's very positive he seems really happy invites booth over for dinner all these things and then he leaves he's like gotta go you know they they can't start yeah. court without a judge so then he left yeah and then brennan does this thing where she goes what happened to him because he's in a wheelchair right yeah which is a very, I, I understand it's a very ableist attitude, obviously, but also, yeah. and then Booth is still, still pissed at her from before. Oh, yeah. So he goes, oh, I don't know. He got hurt. And he walks away like, <laughs> what do you think? He got hurt. <laughs> and Brennan just like, like, he walks away and Brennan kind of just stares at him and then is like, oh, I should follow him. <laughs> <laughs> He's your only ride out of there, girl. Like, oops, didn't bring my Jeep. Better get, better get going. Oh my god! I can't wait to oh see this god. Jeep, by the way. But go on. <laughs> we saw it one time. When went when she pulled up in front of the. Um, I think it was the first episode. She pulled up in front of the house before she shot the guy who was going to light up his aquarium. Oh my god! That's so long ago. I'd have to so have a look ago. at that again. That's crazy. <laughs> it was, it's like an old. I think it's like a Jeep, not renegade. That's not the right word. It, no, Wrangler. Mark, no. I don't know. No, it's not a Wrangler. It's a Jeep. Oh, we'll never know. I guess. Words. I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> who knows? Well, we're back Where do we at go the lab. Now? Back at the lab. We're back at the lab. They're taking a look at some additional damage on the base of the skull. Hmm. Zach's there. Angela's there. Hodgins is there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, they're. I'm just looking at my notes because I can't remember what I was talking about. Anyway, this is like a weird scene between Angela and Hodgins a little bit because Mm -hmm. Hodgins is being himself and it is pissing off Angela. But at this point, we know that Hodgins has a massive crush on Angela. So he is like digging himself a hole, basically, because he doesn't want to upset her. But he is. talking about weapons of mass destruction and how um, they could have been using instead of sending people for the war in Iraq, they could have been using the funds for better things. And Angela's kind of like, yeah, but like, we didn't know that there were no weapons of mass destruction. All these people thought that there were any, there's a whole uh, Netflix documentary on that. So, well, there's lots of documentaries on either side. So have fun yeah. going down that rabbit hole. The point is, is that yes. Hodgins does not understand <laughs> that not everybody wants to argue and debate things constantly. Yes. Like she just wants them to shut the F up. She's like, okay, oh, yeah. buddy, just stop yeah. it. Stop talking about this crap around Booth. Sometimes you just got to shut up and yeah. he just won't shut up. He just doesn't understand. And- and Zach is trying to do his job. Yeah. <laughs> like, Zach is, like, trying to talk about things, talk yeah. about, like, discoloration, dimples in the bones, whatever. These two are completely ignoring him. Yeah. Um, and they're having their own side conversation. And eventually, 
Angela just walks off because yeah, she, she's like, I've had enough of you, like you said. Yeah. And he's, he genuinely doesn't understand. He's no. like, oh, we're having a good time. I know. He doesn't get that people don't want to do this and yell no. and scream at each other about this crap. Like, it's not fun yeah. for everybody to have these debates. No. Like, sometimes you just have to, like, stop talking long enough to, like, hear the other person or try yes. to see the other side of things. Like, it's absolutely crazy. This anyway. is a public service announcement that there are three things that we should never talk about <laughs> number one politics number two religion yes and number three added in uh march of 2020 covid <laughs> like oh you can get into it with some people oh my god anyway no. it's not worth it it's not worth not it. worth it at all so, so now they go to some sort of military base. The National Guard base. Right. And we meet this guy, Colonel Shore. Yes. And Colonel and Captain Fuller. Mm -hmm. I think Colonel Shore is the one that kind of brings them to Captain Fuller. Yes. He introduces Brennan and Booth to Captain Fuller, who was the captain of Devon, Jimmy, and Charlie's unit yes over in iraq and i at this point i i kept forgetting that they were in the national guard it was really bothering me like i was like yeah oh my god these guys are in the national guard like they're not even what are they doing this is crazy they're not soldiers yeah and no. that's what mark when i was i watched this episode with mark and mark is like why are they even fighting so it so basically these people went they, and then they eventually, I don't know if it's in this scene or later in the episode, but they call this captain, calls these people from the National Guard who got called up, he calls yeah. them part-timers. Yeah. So these people that didn't, they don't really know anything about battle. Um, they don't know anything about war. They're used to the National Guard. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very inexperienced. Um, just not a good situation to be sending those types of people into war to begin with. Anyway, this guy at this point in the episode, I don't know about you, but I was like, yo, this guy did it <laughs> 100%. And, and then I'm like shaking my head because Booth tells him that between yeah. you and me, this isn't a suicide this is a murder and we're looking for the murder and i'm like are you dumb obviously he did it <laughs> brennan also is not happy with this and this is another example like you said before of him not being careful and not treating this not not approaching this like a proper case he's treating all these army people like like, like peers. his brothers yeah. yes and the issue is of course this is the first of a few reenactments that we're going to yes. see of the night in question that everyone's talking about their time that they served together over there the night yeah. that charlie died so we get this full account from captain fuller and like you said when he divulged when booth divulges that devon was murdered brennan loses her 
Like after she asked the captain for all of the files, autopsy reports, uh, yeah, anything regarding to that night in question when Charlie died, which is interesting because the colonel said she could have access to everything, but it's like technically is the night that Charlie died relevant to Devon's murder? Like it's it's interesting. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that they drew that conclusion at all. Um, yeah, I think at this point. Brennan is doing is trying to do Booth's job. I think so, so too. So she's trying to think how he would think. Just picking up the and slack. think maybe how Charlie died could be related to how Devon died. Yeah, maybe it's related. So I should get all this stuff. Yeah. Um, also, the way that the reenactment happens, the way that he describes the scenario, feels very rehearsed. So that could have been a tip off to her that maybe that's something that she be she should be looking into. I don't um, know that she thought that immediately because this is the first account we're hearing, right? This is the first true. time we're seeing the reenactment. So this is like our first introduction to this night in question. That's true. And then later on, we'll figure out like after we've seen it from other perspectives. Like, yeah, I like I I do I really like how this was done like the reenactments yeah. and stuff. this episode was really well done um yes and took a very heavy subject mm. and dealt with it very well like the way you were yeah. talking about how they you got to know these soldiers as individuals it wasn't just like okay army men pow pow mm-hmm. pop exactly. pop <laughs> <laughs> pop 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 goes the ak-47 anyway we'll get there (laughs) so the main problem brennan has with all this is that booth is very firm in his belief it seems that he doesn't think a soldier would kill another soldier so yes and this is where brennan's like you can't enter into this situation with that perspective you have to treat these people as suspects properly and yeah booth is so mad like there's at the end of that scene he's in the car and he's yelling not yelling at her but he's really aggressive with her in the car as he's, he's irate <laughs> so mad and he's like he will find Devin's killer regardless of how she thinks that he's doing it and he like hits the gas on the truck and they like both swing back and they're oh, like yeah. holy shit like he's super like angry yeah i we've never really seen him like this before like not to this extent never seen him like this never so this is a an interesting view i guess of him right that i don't really love this side of him but i think it's a side we need to see well i think it we need to see it in order for us to see the transition i think for it to really be noticeable especially in this particular episode i think it's important he's starting off at 100 you know so yeah. then we're gonna see see we'll him see. calm down we'll see what we'll happens see. <laughs> but with this next piece that we're moving on i do this have is when this is the same thing that you start to love hodgins oh really <laughs> Oh, is it really? I'd like to know (laughs) what are you talking about? Because there's a whole scene with Angela and Brennan here that I absolutely wanted to murder. Oh, yes. She calls down the whole dialogue because I was so mad about it. Angela calls her sweetie. Like, it is not the time to call her sweetie. She's trying to confide in her to say, like, Booth is really mad. I think I said some things. 
like I think I said some things you definitely said some things (laughs) but she's trying to explain to Angela that she's not that he wasn't he's not approaching these cases like he normally does and she is like well why don't you just sleep with him (laughs) no that's not where we're at yet this is where we're at Brittany I'm gonna tell you we're in the office with Brennan and Angela Brennan is trying to confide in Angela saying I I'm worried about Booth he's really angry because Angela asked, how's Booth doing? And Brenna says he's really angry. And I yeah. might have said some things. And this is how Angela responds to that. She calls her sweetie, which made me barf a little in my mouth. Every episode. I'm going to do a sweetie count. I'm Honey, I started already. Again. I started you already. You did? I started. I'm at episode six. I've written down the number of times and at what time in the episode she says it so that I can actually film it. And I want to have a smash cut of all the times she says it because it drives me to distraction. It's so, uh, so she says this, here's the dialogue between Angela and Brennan. What are the words? After Brennan says, I might've said some things. Angela says to Brennan, you have to think before you speak. Brennan says, why? I can say anything to you without thinking about it first. Angela says, yeah, men aren't like us. They're much more fragile and needy. The fact that they think we're the needy ones is a testament to our superiority. And then Brennan kind of smiles and says, yeah, I guess I forgot. This is on the same level as when Hodgins told Angela that she was, that she lived a big life. (laughs) The problem I have with this whole thing. I'm just going to say this and then we can move on to the interruption. Brennan was confiding in Angela and if Angela was her best friend, I don't think Brennan has said anything bad, honestly. No, I don't think so either. I am on Brennan's side this whole episode. She's done absolutely nothing wrong. You and me both. In fact, she's going above and beyond to make sure that he's on point like staying on the straight and narrow yeah and angela did not support brendan in this moment not at all but she just like to be oh you you have to be careful what you say around men 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 it's like come on otherwise they won't sleep with you but also like (laughs) the i I understand we're gonna talk about understand that men are a problem in a lot of ways but we also have to we have to believe in their intelligence as well and their ability to grow emotionally, you know? Yes. And to Angela's defense a little bit, typically Brennan does say stupid stuff, but this is not one of the cases. No. So she probably should have given her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Zach comes in though. And yes. thank God interrupts this little interaction. And apparently yes. the military delivered all the paperwork that she wanted. Uh, but Zach is like, distraught by the quality of the reports um he's saying that they're that the enemy marks seven entry points but there were only six bullets retrieved and he basically says that the whole thing was done so poorly booth is obviously getting upset again and explaining away the fact that Medical reports are done on the fly. It's during combat situations. You can't expect them to be perfect. Um, But 
the fact is the reports are a mess and they're going to have to figure out how to use what they have to recreate the evening basically to recreate the situation and figure out how this guy died Mm -hmm. it's so and you're so right though it kind of went from like zero to 100 like okay someone died on this guy's grave Mm -hmm. but now we're looking into how he died yeah i don't i mean okay fine but (laughs) yeah sure we need that because it's important for the episode (laughs) yeah so while brandon and booth are like arguing about all this you know the reports being so badly you know done hodgins walks up with some crap and gives him whatever and then he goes to angela and they go to their little uh altercation from earlier and he asks her if she was really mad at him yeah and she's says oh what do you mean like your silly rantings or whatever and he goes oh i guess you are still mad and then she he offers her something to read some reading materials for conspiracy theorists and she's like yeah not if you want to live like whatever like i don't want your stupid what's what's he gonna give her of the unabomber manifesto like what is he giving her the book of scientology (laughs) i was like what i was no seriously i was like what is it mind conf or was he giving her (laughs) the unabomber manifesto or like what he's gonna give her a tinfoil hat that's all (laughs) no reading regardless this is where brennan is trying to get through to booth that this is a murder investigation he needs to put aside his views and look at the facts and she's really concerned that devon and jimmy both felt super guilty about charlie's death they were going to his grave a lot to because they felt guilty and they wanted to say they were sorry and the only way they're going to find real answers is to exhume charlie kent's body and booth is beside himself at this point he's like are you serious you're gonna exhume a war hero or have you lost your mind and we find out that really i didn't even realize this but really she's telling him as a courtesy Mm -hmm. she wanted him to kind of be okay with it and give her like the go-ahead um but she's actually completely able to get the court order court order on her own so she's going ahead with it and sure enough we cut to his body being exhumed his exhumation yes and his mother coming up to booth poor guy Mm -hmm. because he didn't even want to exhume the body to begin with she comes up kind of like looks at him for a minute he apologizes for the inconvenience whatever that's not the right wording because jesus Mm -hmm. christ his yeah her son is being exhumed and she slaps him. Woo! Oh my she god! Him. Right oh. in the middle of him apologizing to her, he goes, "I'm," so... and then she whacks him across the face. Like, introduces herself and then smashes him in the face with her wow. open hand. I just want to yeah. say a couple of things about this. So, okay, okay, fine, slap, fine. Back at the lab, yeah. I just want to mention things. The last episode. We had a caskets that were worth, were worth seven thousand dollars, right? Yes. <clears throat> I just want to say, Charlie's body looks amazing. <laughs> I wrote this in my notes. Been interred for a, a year-ish. Year. Yeah, like this casket must be primo. 
I just like want 70,000. Like this guy <laughs> doesn't eat, like he looked like he died yesterday. Exactly. And like, meanwhile, we've seen bodies in the show that were out in the elements for a couple of days. For and like been three days. Shape. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's only bones now. It's like, why? Oh. <laughs> Literally, like the skin's hanging off the, the sun. The sun hit it. <laughs> the bugs ate it. <laughs> Like, There's oh. no bugs in this casket. I'm just no, say. this guy got a primo. You know what? Maybe he got, when he was drafted to the NBA, he got like a big payout. Maybe they used that. <laughs> this is some serious, like, oh my God. It's an amazing casket because it, it, yeah. he either died yesterday or the casket is incredible. Mm. Yep. I wrote that down too. I was like, um, he looks like he was, like, he literally looks like he freshly just, just bit it now. I have this happen. Also, he died like a pretty gruesome death. He has seven bullet wounds. Um, anyway, but it still looks fine. And also his body would have had to be taken from Iraq back to the States. You're all right. Of these, the, all of these things make me think that his body is in too good of condition, but that's fine. You know what? Maybe I should have somebody on this show who knows what they're talking about. We should like how how many days ago did this guy like die? The states of decay, <laughs> depending on yeah. the situation. You know what I mean? Oh, one hundred percent. Curious. Well, we get this body in for some reason. Booth is there because he's a sucker for punishment. He just wants to get this over with. Brendan is trying to do her job, saying that they need a full set of X-rays, kind of giving everyone their um, instructions. Their marching Brendan orders, there. so to speak. Yeah. Yes, marching orders. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> or pun intended um goodman as usual is just there to tell them that the department of defense wants everything done yesterday like no hurry kidding up. hurry up um <laughs> no shit okay sorry this is where yeah you fall in love with hodgins oh <laughs> because you said yeah before i said it <laughs> No, no, I thought you were going to say something else. I do not fall in love with Hodgins here. Oh, my God. Because Booth is, as you, as we've said, he's like not, he's not doing very well. Um, and Hodgins comes up to him and says, I know we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And Booth looks like he's about to go off on him. And then he says, man, like, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry we have to do this. And it's so genuine. I thought that this was a really nice moment between Booth and Hodgins because we don't get a lot of these. Hodgins is very hot-headed. I know, but also, can I just say? <clears throat> yes. Tell me the thing that you said yes to. <laughs> you know I love Booth, right? I love him. You love Booth, yes. But he is taking this really hard. Like, way too why way should too hodgins hard. be sorry no about them exhuming a bot anyway it's like someone exhuming... he doesn't even know somebody we do find know. out we will get to that part soon why yeah, 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 Ruth yeah. is taking this so hard but mm -hmm. it's still like people are walking on eggshells around him which is very odd and he shouldn't even be there right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just saying he's just standing there fondling medals and looking at the medals yeah. and the military uniform they had to take off of the body. And he's like, Oh, he's so young. And then Brennan's like, 
yeah, of course he's young. The military wants them young. And yeah. she said statistically, and she goes all anthropological on him and starts talking about societies and how they break out into wars when there's a huge like youth population and stuff. I thought so. that was so interesting. I, I didn't you know, know tell that. me more. I want to know. I know. I want, tell I me want to know more. I need yeah. like a side episode about that. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Booth says that he's gonna like Booth kind of just ends up walking off and saying, you know why yeah, I'm gonna go do what I have to do. Right. I'm gonna go and do my thing. Mm-hmm. And just walks off like very not not very specific at all. Mm-hmm. Brennan looks kind of like looks after him and she just looks like she feels horrible for him. <laughs> She's like unsure what to say. She doesn't know what to say. Mm. She's just sort of like her staring off right at at him leaving she's just worried about him she's worried we're worried everyone's worried jimmy and booth are together yes tell me about that just that booth goes to interview jimmy again and jimmy's really really upset and he coaxes jimmy into telling retelling the story of charlie's uh the night of charlie's death and so we hear the retelling and it's basically exactly the same as Captain Fuller's retelling. Word for word. So there's I'm things... not getting into the details of what no, that we don't retelling need to get into is. the words. The no. we don't need to get into the details, but the biggest thing that stuck out to me yes. is the captain said the pop 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 of the enemy AK. Yes. He said the exact same thing. Pop 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 of the enemy AK. I didn't pick that up the first time I saw it uh at all until it was pointed out so it was just interesting that it is a consistent sort of detail that is a thread that runs through the two stories for sure yeah so that so that's our second reenactment yeah and then we go back to the lab with zach and brennan and they're checking out x-rays of charlie's wounds yes and then while they're doing that mm mm-hmm Zach Brennan and Hodgins, which right, Hodgins is there as well, right? Yeah, and then Angela roams in up to Hodgins to ask him a professional work question. Oh, yes, and she's very curt and professional and yeah. short and to the point. And she goes, Thank you, and then turns around, and starts to walk away, and then Hodgins stops her and he Poor starts guy. to apologize to her for being a dick, basically. Yeah. And then she says something really good, actually, <clears throat> which almost makes up for the the sweetie, sweetie and think before you speak and men are dumb yeah. and all that stuff. But she says basically that, you know, when Hodgins was apologizing to Booth and taking a moment to empathize with Booth, she said that's in it's more. Everyone hears you when you do that. You know, yeah, they're not like gonna kindness hear you. goes a long way. Exactly. So it's like they're not going to hear if you're yelling all the time and debating and constantly going off. Yeah, people tune you out. They tune you out because it's just like they just dismiss you. But if you stop yeah. and yeah, be kind and empathetic, it shows much much uh, clearer to the other person. Yeah, it's a good point. It's something that I hope he takes to heart. He does kind of smile at the end because like when she walks away, you can see that he's kind of like 
smiling, almost like hopeful, like, okay, I didn't actually completely mess this up for myself. Mm-hmm. Because he really does like her at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a little um, bit So late. we believe. So we believe. I'm pretty sure he does. Mm-hmm. I know it for a fact. so it's a little bit late in this episode but we're about to meet two new characters Mm -hmm. we meet private campbell Mm -hmm. and we meet this guy leffords who Mm -hmm. we find out is a lawyer who happened to be in the guard for a couple years and ended up on this detail Mm -hmm. um campbell is the only woman that we deal with in this whole episode um, otherwise the whole detail is a bunch of men um, and she we find out that she joined the the National Guard because they were going to help her pay for medical school mm-hmm. but because of the time because of 9-11 I guess she actually did end up getting called up to go to Iraq um, so it wasn't just a, a way for her to pay for medical school um she explains the story as well but she explains Mm -hmm. it from a slightly different perspective because she apparently we're told in this episode that women are not allowed to um engage in hand-to-hand combat Mm -hmm. so she ends up staying in the humvee Mm -hmm. um and then once she finds out from the captain the captain comes out and gets gets her while he calls for a medevac or whatever um and she ends up running in to help uh charlie although at this at this point from the scene you kind of get the impression that he's already dead mm-hmm. we also meet this leffords guy yes. um and he same thing was in the guard for years didn't think he'd ever get called up I yes i just want to say <clears throat> yeah i i love this guy i love him so much oh he's great He's basically the I'm too old for this shit character. Yes. Like he's yeah. 45 years old. He's like a civilian lawyer. Yeah. He was complaining about this whole detail that they were, this unit was on because they were 22 hours into a 12 hour detail. And I, co- I was like, I wrote down that he's in the National Guard. What the hell are they doing with boots on the ground? I was like, yeah. what is going on? 100%. Uh, they were desperate, I guess, at that time for soldiers, so they got called up, which is man. not great. Listen, I used He's to also... know guys. I used to know guys in the Canadian Reserves. Really? Oh, yeah. Back in Moncton, New Brunswick, and they were party animals, and I used to go hang out with them at their little mess hall, and I remember once when I moved into my first apartment, I forget the guy's name. I was thinking about him today, this guy. He was a total uh, kind of skinhead guy okay but he was like a nice skinhead i don't know how to tell you like i used to live in a small town and i knew the skinheads the nerds the jocks and the preppies i knew them all and this guy (laughs) he was one of my favorites we used to drink beer together and have a great time and then when i moved into my first apartment he gave me as a housewarming gift a huge box of canadian rations and (laughs) canadian rations are the best rations in the world people military people trade good things for Canadian rations because they have the best it's like boil in a bag food so you get Salisbury steak and chicken and all these things I don't know if it's like that anymore but I remember we used to eat them like I'd be like let's have some rations for dinner and we <laughs> boil you just a bag of food and you boil it in water you open it up you pour it onto a plate and you have like a big piece of meat and some sauce and it was delicious that's pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, but they never saw action. Jesus. 
No. I would oh be worried God. if those guys went over there. <laughs> I mean, they were like, just oh, there no. to party. We are dead meat. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the perspective. <laughs> so this this poor guy, he's 45 yeah. years old. He's in 110 degree heat. Mm. They call him dad on this on this uh, detail because he's so old. <laughs> poor guy. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. So he also gives the same reenactment, the pop, pop, pop of the AK 47, same thing. Um, and he, of all the people, he was the closest to this whole situation. Um, he gets very emotional. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about how he's staring down at Kent. Like he actually is his kid like i'm a lawyer why was i there i can't believe i shouldn't have been there yeah um booth at this point like he was already feeling horrible but you can tell like this is really starting to get to him even more yeah um just hearing these reenactments yeah uh and this poor guy lefferts he leaves much worse than he got there like when he gets there he's kind of joking around a little bit like i'm a lawyer like why am i why did i why was i even there Mm. um and by the end the way he describes the story it's like he had to relive that experience and it just really weighs heavily on him you can tell yeah yeah yep well we're back at the lab yes we are (laughs) and this finally booth is talking some sense this is a shift huge shift um birth booth tells brennan that he thinks that their stories don't add up yeah because they're retelling the story exactly the same way yeah and he says in normal situations like with the kind of trauma that they've experienced they wouldn't do that no they'd be missing things they'd be adding things exactly so but it was rehearsed exactly and booth thinks they're hiding something and then yeah. brennan i just want to say i'm just i have to say this one thing and i'll let you go okay no no tell me brennan is sitting there she agrees with him she is currently sitting down over charlie kent's pristine remains died yesterday and she's <laughs> she's pulling out bullets and i was so confused why he was buried with bullets why are there bullets still in his body yeah well i think they kind of said that the me did a pretty crappy job like he didn't even get x-rays done um this seems like he they basically boxed up his body brought it back from iraq and put it in the ground how would a body that pristine not be embalmed there are issues there are issues (laughs) It should, it should have been embalmed, and clearly it wasn't, because otherwise there would be no bullets. Crazy. It is helpful, though, that the bullets were still there, because we find out I that while they're all, all, they all AK-47 bullets, except for this one, and the one that actually killed him was from an M14, mm-hmm. and we find out, basically, Brennan says, if we find out who was issued a weapon, this weapon... Then we'll know who the killer is. And unfortunately, yes, we find out during the car scene, the next car mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. that it was Lefferts who yeah. was the only one who was issued an M14. Again, 
Mark is watching this episode with me, loves to play Call of Duty, and he was thinking that it's extremely rare for an M14 to be even used in battle. He said that they haven't used those in years, so. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But this is years ago. We're talking early 2000s, so. I never actually looked it up. No, Um, and I'm just, I think there were three bullets she pulled that were M14s, and the rest were because she said these three killed him oh, and they were separate three. from the other ones and booth recognized them immediately saying they were from m14s on ak-47s but yeah m14 i don't know what type of gun that is but the, apparently this is an american weapon therefore charlie kent died by friendly fire okay yeah booth is so upset oh my god yeah so they decide well, like you said on the way they're in the car on their way to see lefferts they decide that Lefford messed up and killed Kent by yeah. mistake. Their theory was on the way over to Lefford's office to talk to him and yes. maybe arrest him. I don't know. They Their theory was that they believed Devin was going to talk and tell everyone that Lefford's messed up. And then Lefford yeah. killed Devin to save his law practice. But when they get to Lefford's, he had unfortunately committed suicide at this point. Which is not a far, like, it, it is, in hindsight, someone ex- somewhat expected based on how he was acting toward the end of the yeah. last scene we saw him in, where you could yeah. really tell, like, the weight of what had happened was too much for him, Yeah, which is definitely. really awful. And he does leave a suicide note. It was true suicide. It, there wasn't, it wasn't like the, the, uh, the other body that we're dealing with with Devin yeah, Devon, but it, it also saying he out, shot Kent. Yes, he yeah he Charlie to shooting Kent. Yes, definitely at during the uh, melee or the incident in Iraq. But they also discover that he was not. He had an alibi for the night yes. of Devin Marshall's uh, murder, so he did not kill Devin Marshall. So they do figure out. Yes, he died. Charlie died by friendly fire and it was Lefferts, but no, he could not have killed Devon Marshall, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Now we're back with Bradley Kent coming well, to Booth, Bradley Kent at Booth's office. Yeah. At Booth's office mm-hmm. coming to um, Booth and Brennan happens to be there. <laughs> I thought that this was a little bit. This is where, okay, this is so insensitive of me to say, but this is where I was kind of like, this could have been a phone call. <laughs> because basically the only reason this guy came to the FBI office, he went yeah. through security, he got a visitor's badge, <laughs> ends up by himself, not even escorted to, he ends up at, <laughs> sorry, yes. ends up no. at Booth's office. You're so right. <laughs> and all he wants to say uh-huh. is that he understands that why they exhumed his son and yeah. he just wants to know how he died and no he doesn't want to sit he just wants to know how he died because it would give him and his wife peace of mind right and he's he wants to know from booth because the captain captain fuller yes is not sharing any information with him no um which we later find out in the next scene 
Captain mm-hmm. Fuller is saying, I can't talk to the family. This is an ongoing investigation. Um, yeah, this guy is such a dick. <laughs> anyway, poor Bradley Kent. Mr. Kent, he seems so nice. He came all the way, didn't even take yeah. a seat. He was there for about 10 seconds. It's, you're right. It's Probably had to pay for parking. Poor guy. <laughs> poor I, guy. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I want to just say... This next part, so after Charlie Kent goes to the office, they Brennan and Booth end up back at the base talking to yes. Captain Fuller. And yes, like you said, he's he's doesn't want to share anything because of uh, the investigation, etc. Then Brennan makes some sort of comment, like um, he wants she want Booth wants to know if the captain knew if it was a friendly fire incident. The captain says, you know, if I knew it was a friendly fire incident, I would have said something. And Brennan makes some sort of comment, like she doesn't believe him or something. And then the captain jumps down her throat and says, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You've never seen combat, etc." He's yeah. like really mean to Brennan. And this is where Booth really switches off. Finally. <laughs> Thank God. Like he totally... Like he started he, to shift, but now yeah. he's fully in booth mode at this point. Yeah. And he's, comes, he's realizing. Yes. I need to do my job. There are. Well, exactly. The captain tries are, to get booth to sympathize with him and say, yes. oh, you know, don't you agree with me? Aren't you on my side? Because we're military guys. Yeah. And he's like, well, we have to ask these questions. It's a murder investigation. You must understand that. And that's <laughs> finally the point that I'm like, oh, thank God. Yes. Booth is back. Thank God. It took him a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh, it just keeps getting worse and worse, though. Yes, I agree. So we end up looking at some sort of, they're pulling out a bullet. They're taking a look at some stuff protruding from the skin. <laughs> some, they're, they whatever it is, they, they're figuring out that the body this body would have been shot when he was laying on the ground Mm -hmm. because there was blowback from the floor. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to realize, and by they, I mean, Hodgins, Brennan, Zach, they're starting to realize that this, not only was it a friendly fire incident, but it appears that maybe it was trying to be covered up. Yeah. And not only cover it up, but then they keep talking and they Mm -hmm. keep talking Mm -hmm. and they start to realize that there is a conspiracy. Well, Hodgins (laughs) calls it. (laughs) So so they're saying that this particular one bullet that they couldn't account for is a wound and there's a bunch of splinters around the wound. And they decide that the person was, it was made to look like the insurgents shot this person. Yes. But it wasn't possible because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Then Brennan gives Angela this task. She says, you know, to have her have a look at the pictures from the incident to try to reconstruct what happened. (laughs) No, but Angela's reaction to Brennan giving her this work, I just thought it was so, I just had this whole, I had this whole fantasy in my mind that Angela was really not happy about giving this, being given this extra work. Like, (laughs) Her face was just like, oh, God, that's so much work. And I just thought, what does she have to do? Is she like, did she have plans tonight? Was she like, did she have Maybe. a date or something? Or Probably. She just looks like Obviously she wanted to sweetie. go home early. She looked like she wanted to go home early. <laughs> like, and her, 
You're going to make me do my job. (laughs) But she looked like she wanted to leave and she had shit to do. And she's like, oh, man, I got to stay. She's not even asking that, like, not even asking that difficult of a question (laughs) of her. Just wants to be able to, just wants to look at different aspects of the photos. So looking at these insurgents, as they called them. Yes. um, And seeing if their body positions match how they appear to have died. Right. And she starts to zoom in and she enhances all these photos and not yet though. We, we look at those later. I'm right getting now. ahead of myself because Booth is now with Hank. Yes. Apologies. This Brittany. Is where... I just want everyone to know that Brittany really wants to go to bed and she's just rushing through these very important <laughs> scenes. I'm going to make her stay to no. the very bitter end. I keep forgetting that these, I my notes are garbage this week. Apparently, <laughs> them, I'm like, they're all out of order. I'm like, oh my god, my anyway. notes are garbage. I love it. They're more thorough usually. Apparently, okay. So Hank and Booth are eating a nice little lunch at the VA. It's Have happening. A good time. They're eating. They're ribbing each other. Hank is having a good time, and then it's revealed what. It is revealed. Well, there's a couple things, but mainly what we had mentioned last week or during the last episode that I mentioned that Booth started to try to take a couple bets over some case. And Hank mentions is asking him, you're not gambling again, right? Which he says, no, he's not. But this is our first true indication that he does in fact have some sort of maybe uh, it's implied that maybe he has some sort of gambling addiction honey it's not implied at all he says he like it says he goes to meetings he does all this stuff oh no but he does say he says he's going to meetings yeah true he doesn't even play monopoly it's not uh, not implied no and i told you last week i was like they really get into this in a few seasons i know you said like season six and i was like Holy shit, I forgot that this yeah. whole thing. I forgot I forgot that this comes up earlier than it does, number one. Number two, I think it's something that's somewhat of a very small backstory for him that becomes a big story for him in the future. Interesting. Because there's a whole, like, there's a whole arc. I, I want to I see season six. That could be wrong, but there's like a whole story arc. About, well, I look about forward that. to it regardless. So it's we find exciting. out Booth's a gambling addict, which is shocking. That's number one. And number and then, two, mm-hmm. what is the second thing? We find out about Kosovo. Well, Booth reveals to Hank. He's talking about the case they're working on. He reveals to Hank that the case they're working on is a friendly fire incident. Yeah. And this is where Hank is worried for booth he's worried that booth hasn't talked to anyone about you know his feelings and stuff and booth is question starting to question what they did over there quote unquote over there and hank is saying don't go there like don't don't he doesn't want booth to do that like question what they did yeah and booth is upset because like hank's in a wheelchair and it's from the last time they served together and hank says don't even worry like he says you saved my life like hank is yeah. grateful to booth and, and not just that hank say because he saved his life he's able he has has this wonderful life now where he 
he yeah. met his partner and he just he seems to really enjoy the life that he's he's living and he hopes that booth is liking his life too and you know has he talked to his um girlfriend the bone lady <laughs> i love that he thinks he thought brendan was his girlfriend everyone thinks this i know, I know. it's not just hank but he says no, no no she's just my partner like you know and then he like gets so uncomfortable and leaves with but before he leaves he promises that he's gonna be there for sunday dinner yes but yes. still i just hank, thought that was interesting hank is really encouraging booth to get help yes and he looks really, so concerned for I him love i love this i love it so much it's so good i especially like <sighs> i don't know i feel like there's a stigma of like i feel like women maybe find it a little bit easier to ask for help just out of because of, I don't know I think there's a little bit of a stigma with like men having to be like macho or whatever. I don't know. I think it could go either way, but I don't I don't want to generalize too much because you know, lots of women don't ask for help either. So that's true. I okay, I take it back. No, I. <laughs> but I'm, hear just, what I'm, you're I'm just kind of thinking like these are two men who are talking about like make sure you're looking after yourself. And right. I feel like those aren't conversations that you hear. But Hank Often. is healthy. Hank seems to have very yes. healthy outlook and attitude. And he has a very. Yeah. Yes. Very easy. Which I'm sure healthy. came with a lot of work. Like you don't just oh. end up in a wheelchair. So much work. And go. I feel wonderful. <laughs> I'm exactly. sure that there was a lot of PTSD and everything behind that. Exactly. But. Well. So we end up back with Angela at her computer. Mm -hmm. And. We are about to magnify the shit out of these photos let's do it let's do it <laughs> okay so we start with the woman with the spoon there's a woman yes. she is laying on top of a spoon they are starting to realize oh wait no i'm getting ahead of myself again we start with the man <laughs> with the yeah. arms splayed insurgent right. a so his hands are up looking like he's kind of shielding himself so there's no way brennan determines there's no way with his hands like that that he ever could have been holding the gun that was by his side right so there's no chance so they're going okay if this guy wasn't holding his gun what about the other people um and they kind of go through a bunch of people and for some reason they get sidetracked and it's really weird Angela is basically like, why aren't you sleeping with Booth? <laughs> it's super awkward. Basically telling her that they could be, they, they should be friends with benefits okay. while they're doing their job. Listen, <laughs> I have a couple of things here. I think I wrote down specifically. I hate this whole bullshit thing that. Anyway, like Brennan's it... just worried about Booth and Angela's like, oh, you know, Angela's just ridiculous yeah she doesn't I'm take sorry. brennan very seriously she's not a good best friend that's for sure well also, i just completely sidetracked like they're talking about these people dying these insurgents they're like okay this guy didn't die the way that they said he did this guy didn't either let's have this conversation about how i'm concerned about booth but maybe you should be sleeping with him no no maybe well you know what it wasn't even Angela that said that i think it was brennan 
assumed that Angela, yeah, so Brennan assumed that Angela wanted her to sleep with him anyway, because that's usually the trajectory yeah. she goes in. But regardless, I just noticed on Prime, Amazon Prime, when I'm watching this show on with subtitles on, every time Angela speaks, they call her Montenegro in the subtitles. Really? Yeah, you know when you have like multiple people talking, so yeah, I I then, use the subtitles too, and I never even noticed that it always says Montenegro, it never okay. says Angela. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Huh. So I wonder... is this where Angela just tells her to? She says that sometimes a simple touch. She says, "Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not." talking about friends with benefits even though everyone went there including the viewers um i'm talking about just being there for booth and okay sometimes you might have gone there Brit- Brittany. you might have gone there okay oh i just assumed. i don't automatically go to a place of oh this will make him feel better like what do you think i only went there because i thought that that was An- i thought that was what angela was implying i was like oh Okay. Yes, Brennan. I totally agree. That's a weird thing to say. But she's just saying, like, you just need to be there for him. Sometimes a simple touch is enough. We'll come back to that in a, in yeah. probably two minutes. Yes. Um, And then they keep going. Yes. <laughs> then they talk about the third insurgent woman holding this unexploded um, grenade. And they realize she's actually laying on a, a dinner plate. And there's a serving spoon beside her. So how could she be holding a serving spoon and a grenade at the same time? Yeah. They're realizing that this whole thing is completely staged. Booth walks in. They're explaining to him that none of these people, none of the insurgents were actually armed when Ken went in. Yeah. And Booth breaks it down. And he mm-hmm. says, I bet you, and it, it makes sense what he's saying. He's saying, I, I can guarantee you what happened was this woman was holding a spoon, this inexperienced um, kid kent charlie went in thought that she had a weapon shot her the other people tried to come to her defense then he shot them too then lefferts came in and charlie would have turned around because he would have heard noise behind him and been spooked probably had his weapon still up lefferts shot him in self-defense and it's just a complete disaster of a scenario because basically Lefferts killed Charlie and Charlie just killed an instant family probably. Yeah, they're just sitting down to have dinner and they just all got killed. I was thinking about how horrible that is. I got to tell you too, today's been a rough day for me. All I've been thinking about is like, honestly, I've been thinking about death and stuff and like how other people dying, me going to die, all these things. And then I was thinking how sad it is that these people were like going to have dinner and could you imagine somebody bursts in like that oh my god what a nightmare what a nightmare well apparently i only eat dinner on camera so uh that would be uncomfortable (laughs) for everyone (laughs) (laughs) booth is not happy about this so the next scene and i have to take a video of this because i thought it was quite please do he absolutely bursts into captain fuller's office so hard that the door this the door is so cheap it like bounces against the filing cabinet <laughs> almost back into booth's face and he's booth is pissed he's so pissed 
and he manhandles the captain like throws him against the wall he's so angry about this he's like you son of a bitch and then fuller is really resentful and mad himself because he's like i ended up with these idiots like i these people have no experience i have this totally crazy unit what was i supposed to do like kent killed this whole family and then leffert's yeah. messed up and it's like he did the only thing that he thought you know he was he could do was like to cover up all this crap because it was so bad it just looks so so bad yeah, he thought that if if it got out that this innocent family was killed, that it would create like even yes. more war. Basically, really bad, really bad. He was, but it's about... not his yeah, place so to he's... make that decision. No, and he was worried about how it would affect the whole town, like where they were and stuff, because he thought that the whole place would just go up in smoke if anyone found out that this had happened, and then they'd be in real danger. Yeah, well, obviously booth doesn't agree and is like what the hell you're under arrest and he says you have no jurisdiction on this base and colonel shore who we met when we first came on the base happens to barge in at that exact moment and tells him that they're cooperating fully with agent booth and sure enough booth takes him off pretty harshly <laughs> um and he puts him under arrest which is crazy for obstruction but, of justice Brittany, <clears throat> did yes. captain fuller have an alibi for the night of devon's murder they never asked they he did i'm just gonna answer my own oh, question did he? and say that fuller had an alibi for the night of marshall's murder what was the alibi i don't know what the alibi is but or when back did we the find lab. that out we found that when Booth goes back to the lab after they've arrested Fuller for obstruction of justice, he oh. goes back to the lab and he tells them that Fuller, he's telling them the whole situation. And then he says he actually had an alibi for that night. Yeah. 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 So then they're like, okay, at this point, they're looking at the, at Devin's vertebrae and they're coming to the conclusion that someone would have had to have jabbed a syringe into his neck. Yeah which would have created that indentation in the bone and that it would have had to be someone who would have had access to very specific surgical tools and prescription drug drugs. Mm -hmm. And Booth goes, okay, someone the army sent to medical school perhaps. Mm -hmm. So this innocent private Campbell mm -hmm. who looks like someone I could blow over, not actually, she's but she's petite <laughs> somehow murdered kent dragged his body onto this gravesite and then burned him alive not alive burned him his body but how did she do that by herself listen so the next scene they decide they're gonna go get jody campbell this woman they walk into this doctor's is it an office is it a hospital i don't understand she's i think it's some patient. sort of clinic yeah she's, she's with she's a at patient. a clinic of some sort and she had just done something to this patient and she's placing a band-aid over her like maybe like an, an injection of some kind oh god they would never walk in on a doctor with a patient never this situation Plus, no they would the just patient, wait who is a child is sitting there yeah while jody looks up and notices booth and brennan and military off military police 
ready to take her into custody. Yeah. And she knows why they're there. She, her number is up, as they said in the last episode. Yeah. And she basically sits there with this child that she literally just put a bandaid on and fesses up to the whole thing and confesses to her yeah. crime. She just looks like she doesn't even seem like she has any remorse and the way that she talks about it she's like i didn't have a choice he was gonna he was gonna tell everyone what actually happened like it was like the war was just was still going on i just had to survive he was gonna tell like no remorse just like oh shit i've been caught i just don't understand why if she was just in the vehicle and called into the scene of course she knew what happened but she was following orders yeah she's a civilian this is captain fuller's idea i don't think she has a reason to have done what she did but i just to 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 knock someone out and burn them alive yeah how does that just like how, like, how does do you that... have that much hatred towards someone not even hatred just like the crime doesn't she... match the <laughs> no i don't understand i don't understand how anyone could justify that it's i think that they was meant to be sort of like a twist there were a lot of twists here the first twist was that it was not a suicide right the second twist was that uh charlie kent died by friendly fire the third um twist was that not only did charlie kent die of friendly fire the people who he shot were civilians yeah that they were not insurgents wow and then we have this twist that this petite little medical student lady medic well I then guess, the other point. well lefferts killed charlie that's another twist. that right? sorry another twist that lefferts killed charlie that then, it wasn't the insurgents yeah and now that this tiny little petite lady dragged <laughs> a full-grown adult man an nba draft pick yes like oh, no sorry devin wasn't no, the nba guy but Apologies. still <laughs> like i'm pretty sure they were the same height wow if you're over six feet tall i don't know how probably she did not that. that light i don't know how she did it i agree plus with you. dead weight yeah anyway no. It seems unlikely, but now Brennan is about to give Booth a special touch. Well, let's focus here because we're <laughs> at the Devon's funeral. Devon's mother thanks Booth for his help. Brennan says uh, that she, sh that Devon's mother should be very proud of him because he was going to come, you know, that he was an honest man and he was going to come clean and had the right intentions. Yeah. Then Booth and Brennan see Devin's mother hug Charlie's mother. And then Brennan says, I didn't think I'd ever see that happen. But I don't understand why not. They serve together. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Like, it would be one thing if it was like, let's say. Lefferts family. Lefferts's family hugging her. Yeah. Because he killed him. Weird, right? I don't mm -hmm. understand why she said that. I find it very strange. Yeah. And then Booth says that people, you know, will surprise you. Brennan doesn't think that that's, you know, Brennan, people don't usually change that much. And then 
this is where Booth starts to <clears throat> nervously approach kind of talking to Brennan about the things that he's done. What are you laughing about? This scene was so... The way it was approached was ridiculous. <laughs> he's like trying to open up about this thing. She's He's like, I've done some things. She's like, yeah, I know. No, you don't know. Well, you know, I, I have to be honest and like open up about it. And she's like, in time, in time, yeah, I know. will. She says but, like, it's so him. obvious he wants to talk about it right now. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Like in time. Okay, yeah. In time. No problem. <laughs> like just not picking up the fucking no. signals. <clears throat> and he keeps going. So yeah. what happened? <laughs> oh, well, she just says that he will talk to someone in time. Like she's trying to say that he doesn't have to say anything if he's not comfortable. And I understand that. But it was, it did go on. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes. Like when somebody starts to talk to you, you have to like kind of stop everything you're doing and like be present and listen really intently. Yes. Because they're about to like drop some tea regardless. <laughs> he starts to tell her a story about his time in Kosovo. And apparently at, at the end of the day, we won't get into too much detail. He ended up having to snipe a dude while he was having like a birthday party for his seven-year-old son and yeah. the sniping happened like in front of the child and of course booth is sniping so he's far away but he can see like the child and his reaction and watching his father die in front of him david does a great job here um he's not too He's very good. He's pretty reserved, but also emotional, you know, like he's, he's more affected by the fact that he's done this to this, like the guy was obviously somebody that he was told to snipe. I don't know how to say mm -hmm. it, but he was worried about how it would affect, like he's really affected by what it does to the family, like seeing this sort of thing in front of them. And he, he says something at the end where he goes, it, it's never just the one person who dies. We all die a little bit with each shot. We all die a little bit. Like he just, that to me was like, yeah, to go from the beginning of this episode where he was like, very pro-military, very like propaganda-y rhetoric, all these things to this yeah. place. That is a huge, it's a huge evolution. Yeah. Huge. And in a very short period of time. And of course, during this time, Brennan reaches out and touches his hand. Yes. To console him while he's crying. The, uh, all it takes is one touch. <laughs> Which, when Angela said it was really creepy, I was like, why does she yes. have to touch him? That's weird. Like, Yes. Well, it helped him, clearly. And uh -huh. uh, even though she didn't want to hear it, uh, he told her his story. And yes. it was so sad. I felt so bad for him. So it's clear, like, yes, there was a huge, huge character, like, development for him over the course of this episode 
but this experience that he went through explains why because it's clear he never dealt with this yeah so it kind of explains where his behavior was coming from i guess i guess but god forbid we should have another military episode and he has this kind of behavior i mean you know one should one would hope so what did you think of that experience that episode i thought the episode was great Mm -hmm. um i think that there were maybe a couple too many twists because i do not believe that that girl killed (laughs) devon marshall for a second like not even one second i just don't see why why she would do it especially the way she did it yeah what is that why is that happening i didn't get a feeling that she was that affected like in her interview with booth i i didn't feel yeah i didn't i didn't feel like she had that much trauma about the whole thing no i like (sighs) even i maybe it was because she was right before lefferts and he was so intensely affected by the scenario yeah i don't know just the whole thing i thought it was a good episode though i do still think despite that i think it was a really good episode i think it we needed an episode that was strictly focused on booth we haven't really gotten that right but i feel like it was very much a brendan episode in a lot of ways too like it showed me as a viewer her growth like her ability to um like you said it was like a flipped on its side so brennan was playing booth's role and booth was just sort of a renegade like he's just off you know he's having his own squirrel of emotions it's completely unreliable and irrational but i just wanted to mention a couple things i enjoyed it as well thanks for asking um (laughs) kelly what did you think of the episode (laughs) (laughs) i just i like this again besides the story is absolutely awful what awful awful like scenario obviously um but i like this whole again it was more focused on the relationship between brennan and booth and i liked how booth kind of switched it like he shifted once and then he really shifted when the captain was trying to get booth to commiserate with him yeah and then booth was like no you can't talk Not to my girl. You can't talk to my partner like that. Yeah. And this this is what's really happening and we need to get focused here. And that's when everything changed. Like the shift yeah. of the investigation changed and everything. But I did look up the last the uh, women in combat uh issue. I w- thought that was interesting. So I looked it up and apparently women uh do see combat now as of 2013. They voted it into policy. Oh, okay. There we go. Wow. 2013. That's actually pretty recent. Yes. So until then, women were, you know, auxiliary. uh, Medics, nurses. Auxiliary positions and stuff, even administrative stuff. And I just want to mention the guy who played Jimmy is played by Aldous Hodge. This guy in this episode was 20 years old when he did this role. Seriously? And the woman who played his wife erica tazel who i absolutely love have you ever seen a show called justified no i don't think so oh 
God, you and Mark would love Justified. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Like Yellowstone, Just right? It. Yeah. Okay. So it stars American Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oh, I like him. Yeah. And Walton Goggins. With six seasons. The writing is amazing. Colin reminds me of a character in Justified named Archie, but I don't think it's the same guy. I just, it looks he just like reminds him. me so much I'm of Archie. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, uh, Justified? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so because he was in Bones. They're very similar vibe, but the okay. guy who plays uh, Timothy Oliphant's boss at the U.S. Marshal's office reminds me of Colin. He's no nonsense, and his character is amazing. The writing is so good. You would love it. It's so fun. There's a few, there's one I'm season. Text it to Mark. You have to see it. Are you kidding me? Just I don't know what it's on. It might be on. Oh, no, it's Nick Cersei plays Art, not Archie. Apologies. Plays Art. They're very similar vibes. No nonsense. Like I said, the writing is phenomenal. There's like one or maybe one and a half seasons that aren't that great. But just hang on, you know, just hang yeah. on. Because there's but one overall, that's good. kind of in Florida that's not so great. But there's a couple seasons that are absolutely like phenomenal seasons of television. Like you have All to see right. Justified. So good. I really like it. Also, um, oh wait, he's the producer. I was gonna say the director. Anyway, of this Erica episode. Tazzles and Justified. I meant to say apologies. <laughs> no, no, yes. The woman who played um Jimmy's wife is a, yes. one of the main characters. One of the... was she older? She's what? 29 and during this the episode we just watched oh, she's shit. 29 and okay. uh, Aldous is 20. Okay. Well, no. the director, Jonathan yes. Pontel, I was wondering if he directed any other episodes. He did not. No. This is the only one he directed, but he was the executive but. producer on 16 episodes. Okay. Um and they're all in like season 1. Okay, so he's pretty involved in season one for sure. But nothing after that. Good stuff, good stuff. I don't really have much else to say about this particular episode, except I'm looking forward to our season finale. Yes, which is a Brennan-centered episode. I just want to mention two of our Brennan. listeners. Yes, well, everything. It's all about Brennan all the time. But I'll mention to our listeners again that we want you to send in your favorite moments from season one, favorite characters, favorite character moments, favorite comedic moments, dramatic moments, favorite guest stars, favorite most gory, gory scenes. Give it us, give us all. Ask us any question you like. We'll try to answer it with some authority. That'll be fine. Just send us any <laughs> kind of message, any kind of question, and we'll be, we'd love to hear from you. Please squintcastpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on all socials tiktok and instagram at squintcast on facebook at squintcast a bones podcast we look forward to hearing from you and we're going to call to action again in our next episode and yeah i'm looking forward to the next one me too <laughs> all right so thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Squint cast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs>
the only way I want to do it forever and ever. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.